heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Guys, if you can believe it or not, the football season is right around the corner. And with the football season being right around the corner, that means one thing and one thing only. Fantasy football season is, well, it's fantasy football season's here. And who who better to talk to? It's like I say in my bios, who better to talk to about fantasy football than from Roger Sports and up here in Canada along with myself, Andy McNamara. Andy, welcome back to the podcast. How are we feeling today? Oh, great. Feeling good, man. Feeling good. Congrats again on episode 100. I know we're at 102. You'll be at 200 before you know it. But this is an exciting time of year, right? This is football season creeping up, fantasy football drafts. Like, this is the sweet spot. This is just that little anxious lull. It's sort of like that, you know, that, that week before Christmas. It's not quite here, but it's almost here, and you can feel it. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. Exactly. It's like that time of year, you know, you're buying your gifts, you're at the mall, you're like shopping around trying to get the perfect gift for everyone in your family. That's what this is about. It's all about the preparation right now. We got preseason football on the airways now. It's just, oh, it's just that, like, I don't know why, but like seeing preseason football just made me all feel like, this is going to sound weird, but it's like a warm and fuzzy feeling of like, we didn't have this last year. Now we have it back. Yeah, it's back. Like It's a new appreciation for an awful preseason football, which it came back as being Awful preseason football, just like we remembered it, right? There's, there's a, It's not good games. It's just you see the jerseys. You see some of the players. You see those guys in the overreaction, uh, positive or negative, right? That's the fun part. Projections, who's going to be a rise or faller and all that. So it just gets it's, – it's all in full swing now. It's kind of like – you know how I feel like every town – I know at least for us in Ontario we have it where – you know, you have like that one bad Chinese spot you go to, but you just absolutely love it every time you eat. That's the NFL. That's the NFL preseason in a nutshell, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There's like, uh, maybe I shouldn't eat here, but it's so good. Yeah, okay, I'm going back. Same with the preseason. It's like this is not good football. I could be doing many other things with my life right now, but damn it, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to watch four quarters of a majority of players that will not be in the league come come a couple weeks from now. No, exactly, 100%, because, like, as we record this on August 19th, it's, like, today's literally three weeks away from that first kickoff, and even, too, I'm not a Cowboy fan, I'm not a Buck fan, but I'm going to be, like, I'll watch that game, like, it's just, you're going to see it on, and it's just, like, ah, this is, it just feels right, it's, like, a, it's a naturally good feeling. Yeah, it it really is, and now we're going to see also how teams use the one fewer preseason game, because now you only have three, of course, right, when does, is the dress rehearsal game the second game is it the third. How does that that sort of go into things? And then, of course, you know, injuries pop up and then someone takes up like there's going to be a lot of storylines between now and the start of the season. One hundred percent. And obviously, because like the main reason why you're here is fantasy football. And when you bring up injuries, it brings me up to this time two years ago. I remember it was a Sunday, I think, two weeks before kickoff and I had a draft. The night before was literally the night where Andrew Luck abruptly retired and Lamar Miller tore his ACL. So it was just like the commissioner was he was actually upset because he was like, man, I wanted that because you want the chaos of everyone doing there. And I'm like, you literally dodged a bullet because like, imagine if someone had drafted Andrew Luck and it just turns out, yeah, no, he's retired. You have to go find a new quarterback. So that's where the fantasy football aspect comes in, too. 
Well, and that's why I always preach. I know we get excited to have our fantasy drafts. You want to have it as soon as possible because it's, it's exciting and you're, you're pumped up. I, I, I get it. I understand. However, there is something to be said for waiting. And I always advise, wait until after the final preseason game. Just wait. Just, just trust me. Just wait. Because it's not just the game. It's the practices leading up to it. It's training camp. It's somebody tweaks a hammy and something changes and this and that. So just try to wait. It will pay off for you. It's going to be tough, but it will pay off if you just wait to have that draft as long as possible until after that final preseason game. No, 100%. Because like usually the earliest I like to draft is like the like that because this week off this year obviously we have the weird buffer where like the last week of August is technically the first week of September. I always right. love to wait till then, like right around Labor Day weekend, either just before or just after. That's the perfect sweet spot. Well, for now, for this year especially too, that the rosters are going to be set. You're going to know who you're drafting, and something freak may come up, or worst case scenario, a player changes teams just because of injuries and needs it elsewhere. Well, yeah. And that's it. Are there are there trades? And also for just like quarterback situations, let's take New England, for example. Well, is it going to be Mac Jones or Cam Newton? And if it is Cam Newton, how confident are we that it's going to stay Cam Newton? And for how long? Right. You look at that. The Deshaun Watson saga continues with the FBI being involved. Is that like I'm, I'm, out of the Houston Texans, even with Deshaun Watson, there's not a lot of fantasy meat on the bone. You take Deshaun Watson fully out of that conversation, like, Griff, I'm telling you, like, there is not one player, not one, on the Houston Texans that I would want as a my first starter. Like, my WR1, RB1, TE1, QB1, defense, nothing. There's nothing I want with the Houston Texans. Oh, the fire, the passion, I love it, I love it. Um, no, you're right, though, there's no one from, there's, like, certain teams where I'm like, there's no one really I like here, like, even the Detroit Lions, like, I know they're not going to be the best team this year, but there's still some meat on the bone there for fantasy, and even to the New York Jets, obviously, they had the horrible loss of Carl Lawson earlier today, but. Yeah. I like the loss. I, I like Lawson, too, but, and especially, too, because he's, like, their first proper defensive edge player they've had in, like, 20 years. I know. <laughs> Oh, too bad. <laughs> right, but, tough, tough break. <laughs> but they have a one running back who I love that you could probably get later on in your drafts, and that's Michael Carter. I think he's going to get bulk of the carries. And even, too, like Corey Davis is going to still have chances to shine and everything. But that's the, thing, that's the reason why I love, like, the fact that I've discovered more pod, like uh, prospect podcasts and, like, advice like you give, like you've been doing every day where you both get great fantasy advice, make me crave Domino's pizza. Um <laughs> You basically just go into it knowing like, hey, look, you got to be not only do you just draft a player for the sake of drafting him. You have to be smart about it. Like, that's why I feel like this year with a guy like Saquon Barkley, everyone's a little cautious mm. just because you don't you don't know what to expect coming off the torn ACL, especially on a running back. Well, and it's two. It's not just just one. It, it, like a lot of guys get injured and it's like, OK, this is back to back years. This is back to back years for somebody that in those back to back years, you have invested serious fantasy draft capital in like last year Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey went one two to a man in almost every fantasy draft that I ever heard of and both guys were gone for Saquon though it was the second season in a row so I'm fine looking at Christian McCaffrey again as the first overall pick in a draft Saquon I can't do it I can't now it might happen that Saquon stays healthy stays on the field full 17 games this year and well he goes off and gets like 2,000 yards Okay, well, you know what? Good. I'm glad because then I will be comfortable drafting him next year. I cannot 
spend personally a first round pick. Like I, there's, I was thinking this over. Where would I draft Saquon Barkley? And I came to the conclusion with the risk. I don't care if I was picking 12 in a 12 team league and he was on the board and that was my pick. I wouldn't do it. I would take somebody else. I would try to go a different direction and not take Saquon Barkley. And let, the, the only way it would be as if it was, you know, in the in the second round, if I'm in the middle of the second round and he's there and I've already made a pick, that's like, well, OK, that's tremendous value. But he's not getting out of the first round. And it's it's certainly a gamble could pay off, but it's a gamble. No, 100%, because it's one of those things where, look, it's a high-risk, high-reward pick. Like, you even have guys, too, you could grab on later, like your beloved Nick Chubb. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is going to be another great running back to get in the first round. Obviously, you have Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara. But you're it, even, too, like him and Zeke, even, it's, it's, it's just that weird, awkward spot where, hey, it could pay off, but it could not. I'm only saying Zeke because of the drop issues. It's, mm. But you just have so many – that's that's the thing about fantasy. You just have to, like, think about it, like, where it's – all this like stuff. And there's always, there's one player I've been seeing. Cause like, obviously if you remember last year, Clyde Edwards, Alaire had a lot of hype coming out of uh, LSU. He was going in first rounds. I feel like Najee Harris is that this year, but I, I know you're probably going to love this because you hate the Steelers, I but do. I don't buy into the first round RB one hype for him. I would think more of like an RB two or three, just because I don't trust that Steelers O line because of how dismantled it's been. No, it's a great point on the offensive line. Four new starters. Yeah. Four, like four new, and, and we're not talking about four new starters and you're getting better. These are four starters and on paper getting worse with a pushing 39-year-old Ben Roethlisberger who had to throw the ball so much, which was incredibly stupid by the offensive coordinator and thinking, um, with his surgically repaired elbow. Now, we have to remember two Steelers started 11-0, then his arm started getting tired and fell off. And then my Browns put the boots to them two times in consecutive weeks, which, oh, feels so good. I still have that gift. When, if ever I'm feeling a little down, I just type in Ben Roethlisberger tears. And I see that close-up of his a tear running down his face after the Browns beat him. And Griff, I got to tell you, it feels so good. Mm, love it. But like, <laughs> to get back to your point, uh, on like Clyde Edwards-Alaire and uh, Najee Harris. So last year, Alaire was um and especially after damien williams opted out that's when his for covid that's when his value really soared first half of the year dude was an rb1 he was going and then you know had a bit of a rookie wall started passing more for the steelers i would say for Najee harris i do have him finishing as an rb1 but like right at the end of my sportsnet.ca rankings i believe i had him at 12 so like right at the end so i'm with you on the first round pick now if you're in a 12-team redraft and we take sort of that stipulation, the one thing we have to remember, though, is there are so many committees. So many. Like, even new committees form. James Robinson last year, who nobody knew about, of course, in Jacksonville. Well, now you had Travis Etienne. We, we can't confidently say one or the other is an RB1. We can't because they're going to be splitting it. Josh Jacobs with the Raiders. Well, you bring in Kenyon Drake on a two-year multi-million dollar contract. They're going to be using him in some regard. Now we have to downgrade both those guys. Neither of those ones you can count on as an RB1. So right there alone, we've cut out two bona fide running back ones in an already thin group. So by that alone, you have to look at in your fantasy draft where you're drafting, which running backs are on the board. And if you decide to go in a different direction other than running back in the first round, depending where you're drafting, where do you draft in round two? And who do you anticipate being available there? Because really, you don't, you might have to reach on someone like Najee Harris so you don't end up in a full-blown committee mode. Because even if, like, 
if the Steelers' offensive line isn't that good, if they're going to run the football, it's going to Najee Harris. You know that. If it's like Buffalo, for example, well, if you're at the goal line and you're going to run it, is it going to Zach Moss? Is it going to Devin Singletary? Is Josh Allen himself running it? Big Ben's not running. He is, he is not running into the end zone. So if it's going to run, it's going to Najee Harris. So there is some value in that to keep in mind. But yeah, um, I, I'm not expecting some blow away 2,000 yard rookie campaign from Najee Harris behind that offensive line. No, that that's what I meant more or less. Like I still would take him like like latter half for like even like if you're in a twelve team league, yeah. If he's there at eleven or twelve, grab him. But like I'm not saying don't go top five with him or like because I saw Edward Delaire last year was going top ten. Absolutely, yeah. And you know, in one of my leagues, I took Delaire. I think I forget, it was either the seven or eight spot because the running backs were just zipping off, and I thought, man. And for the first half and a bit of the season, it paid off, and then I had to sort of pivot. But you know, I don't regret it because I got some good first half production out of him, but yeah, it all depends. Where's the run. And that's why you have to know your league as well. Maybe somebody, maybe there's a guy, you know, it's like, you know what, this guy's going to take a quarterback in the top, in the first round. I know it. He does it every year, no matter what, you know, maybe that's the situation. You have to know your league. You have to know your league mates and sort of the trends that way. And that can help you plan too. No, 100%, because the one position I notice a lot of trends go with is uh, tight end. Last year, this was after, Ke- uh, obviously, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, always usually the first two to go. I got Mark Andrews, and I remember after that, everyone just started going just crazy for the tight ends. Which yeah. This year, there is a new one in the mix who, I know a lot of times you don't go tight end high, but I would feel confident going, like, I know a lot of people are high on Kyle Pitts, but I would still go, like, your kittles your kelsey's your wallers your andrews and then pitts because then you guys have like pitts you have hawkinson you have noah fant uh john smith from the page on the patriots now is another one i like but another name i'm going to give you in the tight end market that i really like is anthony ferkser of the tennessee titans oh ferkser i I always joke because ferkser sounds like a covid vaccine it's like you got your you know i don't know why i don't know why that that makes me laugh but uh yeah the tight end position I have stood by this, and it has helped win me league championships in multiple years. I always maintain, number one, I always get myself two tight ends and two quarterbacks, even if it's a redraft league, one quarterback league and all that. I always do, because I want the bye week security for both positions, and I try to go tight end as high as possible, um, depending on where you're, you know, draft. If you're first overall, I'm taking Christian McCaffrey. I'm not taking Travis Kelsey. But... If you don't, even more so than the running back position that we just talked about, if you don't take a tight end, if you don't get Kelsey, Waller, really those are the top two because Kittle's been banged up. If Kittle's healthy, we know the passing game is going to him. So that's a bit of a, it makes you nervous. Right after that, the point fall off is significant, even with the likes of a Mark Andrews, who is still going to give you overall, when you look back on the year, Good numbers. He underperformed last year. The passing in Baltimore is way too inconsistent. You're going to get peaks and valleys. I'm bullish on Hawkinson, like you said. And also, I wouldn't forget about Tyler Higby with the Rams. Better quarterback in Matthew Stafford. No more Gerald Everett. Remember, that was that committee situation. Everett's gone. I think Higby is has a top five, six season written all over him. And then sprinkling in, like you said, Kyle Pitts, who, boy, 20 years old, guy has all the intangibles, built, uh, tall, wingspan. 
The question's going to be, and this is what I hope, is that he is used as a weapon, not as your traditional tight end. I think if you went to somewhere like Denver, where his old man Vic Fangio and it's uh, two a days, and you know goes by the Lombardi playbook because he's ancient, I think Kyle Pitts would would be blocking, and that would be a waste. I think in Atlanta they're more progressive offensively and more new age, and you should be using Kyle Pitts as a weapon. Don't have him block. Hayden Hurst, you can block. You can block. Have at it. That, that's your job now, bud, or whoever else is there. Have somebody else. Kyle Pitts needs to be getting you first downs and scoring you touchdowns with his size mismatch. And I believe the success of Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts go hand in hand because the other wide receiver weapons are non-existent. There's no running game there. You have Mike Davis as the top guy. So if Kyle Pitts can be a distraction and a contributor and progress as the year goes on, that is going to up the value significantly of Calvin Ridley. Because if he doesn't, then you just double-team Calvin Ridley and it's game over. And then his fantasy value drops. That, that's why I said Anthony Ferkser, because I feel like you're going to— you, I know the Titans have Julio, they have Derrick Henry, they have AJ. But say there's a situation where both guys are double-teamed, Ferkser can be just be running down the flap being like, I'm open, I'm open, I'm open, like waving his hands like a crazy man. Like, you know, that's, that's why— <laughs> That's why I like the Perkser. Not early, like obviously, but if you need a tight end later on, he's good to have as a tight end too even. You know what? That would be a case, and I like your thinking on it, where I, like personally my, my strategy would be something where I try to get early a Kelsey, Waller, Hawkinson, like a true tight end one, right? A true guy who I'm like, I am very confident this guy's going to put up big numbers. And then later I'm going to try to swing back and get – and Anthony Ferks are tight because like you said, the, the ceiling possibilities are very interesting. At worst, he's going to be the lone passing option or should be in that Titans offense when it comes to that position group. So he could be good on a bye week. So that's what I like. I would like to hold him. And then if he pops, like, let's say I get, you know, a, a Waller with my, as my first tight end. And then I get Ferkser and Ferkser has a great seat. Well, then I not only have myself bye week coverage, I got myself some trade bait. And I can really start to build. You you literally stole the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, too, because if he's sitting on your bench and being productive, you can train him. You can easily get rid of him. That's it. Right? You do that same with your second quarterback. I don't like – I try, or I should say I try to avoid um, waiting until just before my bye week and streaming because what if the options are terrible? So I try to get – I'll try to focus on later. Like I'll get, you know, whoever for my QB1 and then try to look at a Derek Carr – type you know a jared goff type guys who not nearly as high as the ceiling but have a good floor have a stable like if you're looking at sort of you know like DraftKings style points they'll get you yeah 16 17 points pretty consistently um and and they're good enough for a bye week that's why i always like to have that little extra comfort zone so i'm not scrambling then all of a sudden you look and you're getting like cj bethard because the 49ers are banged up in your host 100 percent like no you're exactly right on that because even too you could probably go out there and grab like one of these rookies like zach wilson for example later on because i don't feel like he's going to be going crazy like crazy early or anything like that it's just that's a, that's that's the thing you don't want to scramble because then your bye week comes for your starter and then you're like yeah you're dealing with like let's say like you said cj bethard or a joe flacco or like someone down in the lower tier where you're like writing off the week which you never ever want to do but I want to uh, kind of switch gears here because the next thing I wanted to ask you about, and you brought it up in the 100th episode. I know I'm still going on about it, but it's a very big accomplishment for me. Absolutely, man. Good for you. Thank you very much. Here on episode 102 is 
the UFAFL, because you said in the in that episode that it's a 53-man team, and that's just something that just it like caught my mind immediately. I saw they they sent you to Las Vegas for it. Like you're just yeah. you're living the life. So if you want to go more in on that before we wrap up, that'd be uh, that'd be fantastic. Oh, I, I'm I'm so excited about this league, Griff. Like I'm I'm the head of football operations for UFF Sports Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports, which has hockey. Uh, we're getting basketball in as well, baseball. We're going to be having, and when I'm on next with you, I'll tell you more about the American Football Legends League, our NFL Legends League. Um, there's so much I'd love to go into right now that we're finalizing. It is going to blow your mind, listeners. Like, blow you away. So wait for that. But in the meantime, the UFAFL, we tried to mirror this as the closest thing you can get to running an NFL team. This is where we have, as owners, who paid real money, Chris Carter, Michael Vick, boxing champ Bud Crawford as the top first overall pick. Number two pick was, Griff, when I was in Vegas, I talked to the owner of the hotel we were staying at at the Circa, Derek Stevens, uh, and he's like, listen, man, I was reading up on this. I, I want to get in on this. Okay. Uh, so he has the second overall pick. He owns three casinos. Then we got, who just bought in, a trio group of Hockey Hall of Famer, Martin St. Louis, Brad Richards, and Steven Stamkos. That's to go along with another group of Nick Lewis and Damon Allen, CFL greats, along with just guys who are also in. So it's a great combination of, of people who are superstars in their own rights versus sort of the everyday man who is committed and feels like they are the best fantasy player. So I'm actually being flown out to, on uh, uh, the 20th to... Uh, Regina, less less exciting, Saskatchewan than Vegas, admittedly. However, it, it's your watermelon head. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, the the AO Sports TV, which is Nick Lewis and Damon Allen's um, concoction, which is going to be super cool as well. Uh, their headquarters based out there, and so we're flying out to do uh, the live first round of the fifty three round draft. They said, guys, I love you, but I'm not doing fifty three round show. No, uh, we're doing we're doing the first round. We're going to do that live on AOSports.tv. And that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and then it gets right to it. Like, you have to manage the salary cap. Real $182.5 million. You have to manage the real-life salary cap hits of these players. And it's big money prize pool, high stakes. And we're going to be introducing as well, so follow along on social media, ways that you can get involved through betting, fantasy props, merchandise sales. Oh, the logos are amazing. You guys are going to love the logos. Um, and how to follow along. going to be very cool. So, uh, yeah, follow up, ufsports.com. Uh, or AmericanFootball.UFFSports.com um, and on uh, uh, social media at UFAFL underscore UFFS and check out what we're doing. You know, that just, oh, all the names, all the, just like the fact too, like obviously they send you out to Vegas, the fact too, like all these people are just like, hey, I'd like to get in on this. And like even to the fact you're getting like guys like Tampa Bay Lightning, Captain Steven Stamkos and other Hall of Famers <laughs> like Mark San Luis, Brad Richards, Toronto Argos legend Damon Allen involved. It just sounds like it's just this new exciting project that's only going to get bigger from here. And I'm, I'm, you know what? You're you're getting me hooked. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start following along with this thing. This sounds like a lot of fun. Well, and there's there's the other angle of it too, which again we can talk to. I could go two hours with you on it, but it's just, it's so in depth. There's the the um, one of one digital athlete NFTs that we're developing. Where if you own the NFT, unlike you know you see the ones around now where it's, they look cool, but they're just like owning a sport card. This is where we have it developed that the NFT owner earns revenue that the player attached to it earns revenue based on their fantasy performance on your UFAFL team. And it keeps going and they, and they play in the legends league and keep earning. So it's giving the power back to the athletes as well, which is so cool. 
And the other side of it, too, is there's a whole scouting angle where you, you go in and, and you purchase the fantasy player contracts for college players, and then you sell them to UFAFL teams. Like that, That's for another day, but that's how, like, uh, otherwise people can get involved. So if you are interested in learning more about the scouting, hit me up at AndyMC81 on Twitter, AndyMC Sports on Instagram, and uh, happy to send you some info on it. It's, it's, it's amazing. You know, you know what? I, I sign me up. I would, I would like some info on that. Just like the whole okay. NFT stuff. Like I'm trying to, we'll, we'll, we'll talk off air about it more. But I love Absolutely. the fact too that, like, even you're already laying plans. Like, hey, I want to come back on and talk about this because you're, you're always yeah. welcome here. We'll have to, we'll have to talk more about the season and also, folks, too. I'll be using him for when the, when the actual football season starts. Hit Andy up because he helped me a lot last year and mm-hmm. uh, managed to win my first, uh, first league championship. Not a big deal. And right? uh, yeah, no, it was just, it was great. Like just to have that whole satisfaction there and winning and stuff, but no, just the little tips and tools right here. And even to the videos I see them on Instagram, I see them on Twitter. And it's like I said before, you give me fantasy advice, you make me hungry at like nine o'clock in the morning. So it's a bit of a win-win combination, I guess, if you will. Absolutely. Hey, always get yourself some Domino's pizza, man, for sure. And, and yeah, well, you know what? I'll send you some info on the scouting side. Then you can share it with listeners as well. Cause that's a real way um, pr- as soon as September that people can get involved. And it's like Griff, what's so cool is it also, because it's crypto, it's crypto based with using the score coin SEO. Um, it's on the blockchain. I'm new to crypto, so I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm still learning the, the lingo, but it's on the blockchain. And what that means, everything on the blockchain is tracked, which means you as a scout can keep a live real resume that you could send to potential teams in the future saying, hey, you know what? That freshman, I knew he was good before any, but before it was cool. How do you prove it? Well, I bought him for X amount of dollars on my UFF sports uh, account as a scout, and I had him there. So you can track your success, and it's live on the blockchain. So I believe, like, we're getting, we're getting guys signed up from Draft Bible, um, from uh, uh, Dynasty Nerds, from... Oh, there's another couple places that slipped my mind, but like big sites that are on, you know, on Twitter as far as scouting and stuff like that signing on. Cause they're like, well, so I can make money off of doing what I'm doing already and keep track of it. Okay. You know, that's, that's where this is going. Man, you got, you got me all like, I'm just it's like, it, it's just like conversations like this is why I love doing this podcast and stuff. Cause like when two people are talking back and forth, just having a conversation about football, when we're this close, it's just like, Oh, get like, let me, ha- let me have at it now. I'll look forward to more info on you, but I don't want to take too, too much of your time because, like, obviously, like I said before, I know you're a busy man. So I think that's going to do it for here. Andy, thank you once again for coming back on the podcast. We'll definitely have to talk soon, more UFAFL talk as the season goes along, some more fantasy advice. And definitely, I know we didn't get to it today, but we'll definitely have to see how the Browns are doing because I have, I have some big expectations for them this year because I'm going to say this right now, they're winning the AFC North. Yeah, let's go. First time since, like, God, when eighty nine? Oh boy, I I'll be I'll be um, intolerable to to be around if that happens. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I hope it's true. I'm with you. I only got to deal with that for one week, and that's November fourteenth at Gillette Stadium. So we'll definitely have to chat that <laughs> ourselves. But yes. um, you know what? We're, we're, that's gonna wrap it up here, folks. But you know what? It's on, Andy. You can be as insufferable as you want because you've waited long, long enough for that division <laughs> championship. If it happens. You are, you are so true. So right on that. Absolutely. Well, Griff, can't wait to do it again, buddy. No problem. Well, anyway, folks, thank you for listening to episode 102 of YWC Football Talk. See you guys very soon, and thank you once again for listening, and thanks once again to Andy McNamara of Rogers Sportsnet. Have a good one, everybody. Do 
did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.